0: There's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody jump! Ah, uh,
1: yes, yes, yes. A good uh, Wednesday morning. Happy Hump Day, one and all. It is Taz to the Moose with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loan Studios. Who found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house home? Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage, Mike. Pete across the way. Thank you. Job, hopefully, well done for the next three hours. Bogish sitting in for Taz, who's off once again here on this Wednesday morning. He's also got updates for us throughout the course of the next three hours. What's going on, Bogus? How you doing, Bud?
2: Moose, we're here. We've got a World yes. Series team. We've got a two-one Astros lead, so I'm
1: okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, you'll be a okay regardless of which, even if the Yankees won the game last night, which they did not do, well, unfortunately. Uh, from a Yankee fan perspective, as Garrett Cole had himself an afternoon, even though he was not great, uh, he was uh, certainly good enough, especially when he had to make pitches. But you mentioned uh, the Washington Nationals. Certainly, they uh, punched their ticket for the fall classic. They're going to have the extended break, something that uh, Bogus, you and I talked about with Jim Leland yesterday when he joined us because it happened to his uh, uh, Tiger team on a couple of occasions um, in order how to keep his team fresh with the edge, playing well, as they rolled through the World Series. And now that's going to fall onto the broad shoulders of Dave Martinez here as uh, the Washington Nationals beat the Cardinals last night 7-4, jumped out 7 nothing bottom half of the first inning. Patrick Corbin threw five innings, had 12 strikeouts in those five innings, did allow the four runs. Uh, the bullpen after that was uh, picture perfect for the Washington Nationals. As they uh, win the game by three, sweep away what was uh, from uh, you know really a lifeless performance by the Cardinals in this National League Championship Series, and now they get the extended break in the team that could ne- could never find a World Series uh, you know postseason success, always failed in the month of October, uh, even with all their regular season success, uh, now find themselves in the World Series, and good for the Nats.
2: Yeah, good for the Nats. Uh, I guess good for DC. Good for the individual guys on that team. And really, I mean, just a startling return and, and resurgence from everybody knows nineteen and thirty one by now. But what I keep forgetting is they didn't get in the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. By the way, they had they ended up with ninety three wins after being nineteen and thirty one. Only the Dodgers had more wins. I think it was 74 to 73 from that point in mid to late May to the rest of the regular season. They had more wins than the Cardinals. The only reason why this was a Cardinals home field advantage is because the wild card can't have home field ever right. in the postseason. So, you know, they recovered in a tremendous way. Manager maybe being fired. There was talk for a little bit, you know, if they if they stay this bad, do you, you trade Max Scherzer? None of that happened. And now they go from surviving by the skin of their teeth in the wild card game. They're down 2-1 to the Dodgers. Then they're trailing in Game 5. That They're getting to Game 5 back in L.A. And then they become, I think, the fourth team ever to sweep and never trail in any of the four games. I mean, just utter domination from top to bottom in this series. Um, I could certainly see them making the World Series moves, just not in the path they took to get there through these, you know, two-plus rounds.
1: now. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, well, certainly. I mean, they they made quick work at St. Louis, but before that, I mean, you know, down to the Brewers in that wild-card game, down 2-1 to the Dodgers, the best team in the National League in the regular season in the series, then 3-1 in game five on the road in Los Angeles before they get the back-to-back homers on back-to-back pitches off Clayton Kershaw. Then you get the Howie Kendrick, uh, you know, grand slam in the top half of the 10th, uh, 10th inning. Uh, to give them the 7-3 lead, eventually the 7-3 win, Um, and to get there, the style and fashion, which they did. I mean, people are going to look at the Washington Nationals and say, well, I mean, what finally clicked? What can you learn from Washington? Listen, I I don't know if there's anything really kind of to learn. I mean, it's been a no, apparently, really is to spend like five hundred million dollars on starting pitching because well, I mean, Strasburg
2: they, and Scherzer. Well,
1: Strasburg and Scherzer were very, very good, but I, I mean, and and so was Patrick Corbin, year one of that six-year, one hundred forty million dollar deal. But I mean, it, it, they've had quality starting pitching before in the past, hasn't equated to you know going on a deep playoff run. They haven't won a you know a postseason series. I mean, for the Washington franchise on the whole, this is including the Senators. I mean, they go to the World Series for the first time you know since nineteen thirty three. I right. mean, it is. It has been a long, long time, Uh, you know, when you look at Washington baseball and putting success in the same sentence in terms of the month of October. I don't know what you take away from it. I mean, what do you learn from Washington here? You mentioned it, certainly, the dominant starting pitching. I mean, they lose their what perceived to be the best overall player, Bryce Harper, to the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, in the off season, uh they're nineteen and thirty one. Uh they showed you the you know, resiliency, chemistry. I don't think you could ever predict chemistry though. You can might have the great intentions as a general manager saying, I think this group will work together and work together well. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. You gotta have talent. I mean, Howie Kendrick was the National <laughs> League Championship Series MVP. Yeah. I mean, if you you probably could have probably gotten like uh, you know, twelve thousand to one on Howie Kendrick, but not literally, but you know what I mean on how he could be cashed the, in, uh, being the NLCS MVP. But that's exactly what he was last night. He was fantastic offensively. He built off that Game Five home run against the Dodgers in the divisional series. Bogus. So I don't know what you take away from this. I feel good for that franchise because, and I know you know I'm not a Met fan, you know, and I'm looking at it just kind of as a huge baseball fan that I am, watching it week in and week game in and game out. I felt good because. They had dealt with so much disaster and disappointment in October that it's finally good to see them now having the success and having that payoff.
2: Yeah, you know, I don't, know, I don't know that my good feelings extend like all the way through the organization. I mean, part of the the issues they had in the past were kind of self inflicted. I mean, the Strasburg rules thing completely backfired, and then they were kind of smug in their defense of it, and 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 that was just a, oh, a terrible sequence. There's the whole Mike Rizzo, kind of Scott Boris back and forth. And, you know, Boris kind of runs the Nats through Rizzo. So, like, they're not my favorite people, but this collection of players, the guys on the field, from Ryan Zimmerman, who has been there for forever, uh, to the guys now that we've mentioned, the young stars in Soto and Robles, and Turner's a fun player to watch, and Scherzer to me, um, one of the handful of guys that I would pay to, to watch pitch in person. Now, those are the guys that you were happy to watch, as long as you weren't a Cardinal fan, celebrating last night. But you know, going back to your thought, like, what do you take away from this? Sometimes we overthink things. Oftentimes we do. This one, to me, is, you know, it's a little, it's a little simple. You, guys have to play well. I mean, it sounds stupid and trite, but like when guys do their jobs and play to their potential, usually good things happen. Plus, you need to get lucky. You need to have Trent Grisham misplay a ball in right field in the wild card game. That gives you a 4 3 win instead of at least a 3 3 game. And who knows what happens after that? You need to have Clayton Kershaw. You need to have Howie Kendrick hit a grand slam out of nowhere in the 10th inning of game five in LA. You need to have the Cardinals completely wet themselves. You need to have Colton Wong unable to make a catch. You need to have Jose Martinez playing right field. To watch a ball drop between them, I mean the Cardinals were an embarrassment, shameful. Almost should have not right, played were, the first inning last night. No, I don't. But dis- that's all. That just all those things just happen. But and that the car, series and the, was the over Nats before pound. that.
1: Oh yeah, but but the defensive issues happened before Game Four too. No, no, too. I, I know that. But I mean, Washington. I went into the series. Washington was a better team. I mean, yes. I, I really didn't think St. Louis was winning the series. Washington was a minus one thirty favorite going into it. Everything you said about before that was correct. I mean. Dave Roberts mishandling, keeping Kershaw in the game. Grisham in right field for the Milwaukee Brewers. At least that game's tied up at three. Yeah, I probably think Washington finds a way to win that uh, baseball game, but you're, you're not wrong about that. I think when you look at this series, I you know, Washington, I think, kind of after the comeback against the Dodgers, I don't care who was in their way in this NLCS. Um, I really don't. I mean, because I just looked at it as a team that kind of, And I know you can make the same argument about St. Louis with the 10-run first inning against the Atlanta Braves. I just didn't think the Nationals were going to get denied in this series. And you mentioned the starting pitching, Annabelle Sanchez and Max Scherzer, and then you throw in Strasburg, and then Corbin last night with the 12 strikeouts. I mean, you know, in today's day and age, Bogus, of bullpenning, bullpenning, bullpenning. Can't wait to get into the bullpen. Can't wait to get into the bullpen. Well, what you've seen is Dave Martinez and the Nats have kind of done it, you know, rear end backwards here in 2019 because... They're trying to avoid the bullpen at all costs because it's not a strength of their team. They're leaning heavily on the starting pitching, and the starting pitching is delivering.
2: And now they have Game 1 of the World Series, no matter how long the ALCS goes, is Tuesday. There's no earlier start time for, for Game 1. So they basically have a full week off before they do anything again. So, uh, A, they have the ability to line up the guys however they want to, depending on you know who they're playing and what matchups they like better. Obviously, it'll be Scherzer and Strasburg and then Corbin. And they, I, I, I'm assuming then, you know, when they start basically fresh in game one, they're right back in the ability to turn the guys around and have them work in relief instead of throwing in the bullpen that day. And that little pattern that they've used, didn't have to use it that much in this series, but in the last round they did. you know, we'll see that again, I would assume, against the Astros or the Yankees. So they, you know, obviously the week off is a concern. It's a long time to do nothing. And... You know, worst best case scenario, the ALCS goes at least until Friday because they're not playing today. So you're so now we'll have Game Four tomorrow, and I and I mean not officially not playing today, but unless like God swoops down or yeah, Tebow that, and the blow weather we right. there's they're, 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 they're not playing this game today. So now we'll get uh, Game Four Thursday, Game Five on Friday. So I mean, they, so they they've got this. The rest is real, and it's a concern. But the way they want to go about their business with kind of only like five pitchers or six pitchers that they trust right now, they'll take it and start at 100% capacity for game one next on Tuesday and then hopefully find their way, you know, for them to get them through their series that way.
1: Uh, Here is Dave Martinez, the Nats manager, uh, you know, talking about the fact of uh, how his team got there and the success in October. Take a listen. The rest of the game went really slow, Um, but, you know, that first inning we came out and you know, I mention it all the time, you know, before the games, hey, let's go out there and let's score first, you know, especially in these games like that, you know. Um, and they came out and we, sw- I mean, we started swinging the bats from the get-go. And, uh, you know, at first you think, man, that's that's awesome, you know, we're, we're probably going to score a bunch of runs. And it turns out we didn't. You know, that was it. And um, I'm really proud of the guys just every inning, you know, we try to win every inning and uh, stay in it. And, and uh, the boys did well. You know, Patrick – uh, got out some j- got out of some jams, and then our our bullpen. You know, I can't say enough about uh, Rainey, Dew, Huddy, and what they did today. Um, huge game for both of them, but they you know they've done that through this whole playoffs. Yeah, they well, uh, yeah, well, not all of them because I mean it's been a lot of the the starters going into the bullpen role. There's only a couple of relievers he's kind of trusting, and two of them he mentioned, um, and one of them being Hudson. Uh, here's Ryan Zimmerman, who I do feel good for. A uh, guy who's had a long, I mean, a career Washington National. He's been a very good player, up there in age, uh, de- dealing with that kind of foot injury earlier on in the year, comes back, playing well, has had some key moments in this October run. Here's Zim after the win.
0: I was 20 years old when I got here. Uh, we were not very good. And the fans, you know, I still talk to season ticket holders now that have been here since RFK. And, you know, we went through those things together and – uh Right around, you know, 2012 when we made that first first push, things
1: started to change a little bit and the expectations were raised. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's been there a long, long time when you look at Ryan Zimmerman. Um, you know, one point in time before his shoulder went out, I mean, he was as good of a defensive third baseman as there was in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, a sweet of a fielder, an absolute cannon for an arm. Now you've seen him play some first base. Obviously, Kendrick has played a lot of first base because he had 344 and like 320 at-bats this year. He was named NLCS MVP. So, yeah, but I feel good for those guys here, Andrew. And we'll get to the whole Harper thing here momentarily. But I do feel good for Ryan Zimmerman, a guy that's been through the ups and downs and mostly disaster. A lot of injuries as well for Zimmerman. It had to be a sweet, sweet Tuesday night to see this team you know, punch their ticket for the fall classic. The fact that he's going to have a week to kind of enjoy the moment. Uh, we know he's basically, you know, at the end of his career here. It was good for Ryan Zimmerman. I felt really good for a player like that. And
2: I hope that they're still having fun now. I mean, with a game not until Tuesday, I would think they've got nothing to do until at least Friday. So they're probably still yeah. rampaging I'm, right now. You're probably right about that. I'd be that. disappointed if they
1: weren't. How about the cards? Uh, Mike Schlitt, uh, their manager, uh, talking about the uh, what went wrong in the NLCS
0: you average twelve strikeouts a game then but you're also talking about and it's just a blend, right? You know, it's a blend of their ability. I was just talking to a couple of the guys and, you know, just an honest evaluation of it. we could have done always done better. Talking about three elite strikeout guys in this league. And so, you know, it's a combination of things.
1: Well, it certainly was. I mean, defense, strikeouts bad at bats, dominant starting pitching by the Nats. How about Adam Wainwright, a longtime Cardinal, has been really, really good for his career, he said this is a tough way to go out.
0: Once you get in the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. That's why it's uh, fun to get in. But um, you know, good to good to win that first series, but very disappointed we didn't play better baseball in the second.
1: Well, I think we all are. I mean, you know, I you know I love watching postseason baseball. I didn't want to see the NL. I was ruined for the Nats in this series. I think I made that abundantly clear on this show. Um, I was happy to see Washington win the series here, Bogish, But um, I like to watch postseason baseball. I don't want to see the NLCS end up in a four-game sweep. And Good, good morning, good afternoon, good night, and uh, see you later. Uh, that's not exactly the way I want to see a series go, especially the best of seven. But, I mean, Washington played brilliantly, and St. Louis was just terrible.
2: Yeah, and these are some of the best days in the calendar, these LCS doubleheader days. Yes, no
1: doubt. Agreed. And uh, we
2: could have had another one today, and we don't get that because of this. Now, we both thought Washington was going to win this series. I did not think of that. Obviously, nobody did. It would go like this and be this easy, and no. the Cardinals do a complete no-show here. Uh, and then, you know, Pete Bilotti, our esteemed uh, technical director, and I were walking in this morning, and you know, moving ahead for the Cardinals— you know, they've got some interesting things going on there because they've got Goldschmidt, they got some good young pitching. Um, but then you know, I, you know, Colton Wong still spooks me, and Paul DeYoung didn't have a good series. And what do you do with Matt Carpenter out of the rotation this year? Um, you know, Harrison Bader can't hit enough yet to be an everyday, keeping the lineup player. Um, Tyler O'Neill's a young guy they were banking on that didn't do didn't do much this year. So um, and they're around the Brewers and the Cubs, who I assume will be better. So they're in, you know the, I don't know what the Cardinals' future is, but for right now the present, um, I mean this is. Um, for a guy that grew up loving baseball and learning baseball in the 80s, and they were your archenemy, I might have had a moment of glee last night as they were completely the Cardinals lose. collapsing in the first you. inning. Well,
1: and they Couldn't have did.
2: happened to a better franchise. Well,
1: especially what the they did to the Atlanta Cardinal Braves. Way. What happened to the Cardinals happened to, uh, you know, uh, they did to the Braves in right. Game 5 of the NLDS. And there were no winners in that.
2: Cardinals Braves, there's no winners. No. In that uh, scenario. At least last night, I, I don't hate the Nats in our, you know, in our fun right. sports way. Right, you hate way, the Cardinals. Because... But the
1: Cardinals losing is always a good time. Right. Man. You did, you wrote, you harken back to the days of, uh, you know, Willie Vince, McGee. Oh, Vince Coleman. Vince Tommy Herr. Tommy Herr. Get out of here. Ozzie Smith. Whitey Herzog. That Jack stupid Clark. turf. Right, Jack Clark. <laughs> exactly right. Well, Ozzie doing the cartwheel right before the game or the flip right before the game. That was the, old, uh, that was the Ozzie way. Uh, we'll get into Harper because I mean I think it's an intriguing thing. I walk. I mean, it's Amy Lawrence. Fun. Well, Amy Lawrence walks out of the studio this morning. He goes, it's Bryce Harper's birthday. Mike, I got the same thing from Mikey B. There you go, different Fantastic. delivery, but the same. The well, same. Amy message. was all ecstatic. She's like, "I'm going to tell everybody I know." I'm go. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure the guy at the bodega down the street is going to be fired up. Hey, can I get a coffee, uh, milk and sugar? By the way, it's Bryce Harper's birthday. He'll be like, Oh. I'll that." Taz Moose, bogus in the house, in for Taz, is off here on this Wednesday morning, right here, CBS Sports Radio.
2: This is 16-year MLB veteran Chase Utley, and you're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS
1: Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is uh, brought to you by Geico, as you just heard. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes. You can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Let's head down to Baltimore, Maryland. It's Jason. It's CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Jason. Guys, good morning. Happy good morning. Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, Jason. Downhill from here. <laughs> true, very yes. true. So, uh, uh, with the Nats, I, I see a very interesting uh, parallel to what the Caps did a couple years ago. With them, is uh, years and years and years of playoff failures and expectations and losing in first and second rounds and not being able to get through the wild card to finally getting past that hump. The Caps with the Penguins, and then the Nats get through the Brewers, and then they fall fall behind to the Dodgers and the Caps fall behind to the, uh, lightning there. And then, then they end up finding a way to win. It's just a lot of similarities in in those runs. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper's obviously gone and, 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 uh, the Caps had some guys lose, uh, leave from that previous season and they weren't really expected to do that much. So I I would just get your thoughts on what you, how you feel the the parallels are with those two teams. And, um, I'm absolutely rooting for the Nats going forward. And, uh, Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I mean, Jason, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, I think you're uh, sharp as attack here on this Wednesday morning. I think it's uh, I think it's very fair. Uh and thanks a lot for the call and thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, I, I think you can draw and obviously there, there are different storylines, so that it's it's not exactly a one v one comparison where everything is true to where, you know, the the Capitals didn't lose Alexander Ovechkin in an off season uh, and then go on to win a Stanley Cup uh as the nationals lost what was perceived to be you know a top 3 top 4 player in the sport in Bryce Harper and here they are sitting in the fall classic after sweeping away the St. Louis Cardinals but um they dealt with a lot uh they dealt with a lot of disaster some was as bogus mentioned some of their own doing some was not uh you know some was bad luck or bad performance or a downturn in performance or not being able to handle the situation you know the the Washington Nationals had a rotation of managers i mean how many guys walked in i mean whether it be Davey Johnson Matt Williams Dusty Baker uh now you throw in Dave Martinez i mean uh it, it was Mike Rizzo was trying search and search and search trying to find for the guy to help get this franchise over the hump and you know Dave Martinez i wouldn't exactly say that he's you know uh Miller Huggins uh in that dugout in terms <laughs> nice of being reference. a manager but uh, it, it works. I mean, it does work. And whatever deficiencies you want to point to the manager in the regular season, this team rallied. And as Bogus mentioned, you know, after the first 50 games, only the Los Angeles Dodgers had more wins after the first 50 games uh, than the, than the Washington Nationals. And he has made every right call here in the month of October, realizing let's minimize what our bullpen can't do. Let's use our starters on throw days. They're willing to do it. Um, you know, and and that proved to be effective. And you had great situational clutch hitting. It's great to have a transformational talent though, as well, and a twenty-year-old in Juan Soto.
2: Yeah, I mean that's and that's where you know managing is good and GMs are good, but it's about the players at the end of the day. Like they, they have to go out there and do their job. The job of the other guys of Dave Martinez is to put his guys in the best position to. Succeed, And that's what they've done. I mean, that's that's how they've maneuvered their way from 19 and 31 to being in the World Series right now. And it's how they got through these last two rounds. In particular, you know, the thing that Dave Martinez has done that really has changed their dynamic is using Scherzer and Corbin and Strasburg in relief yep. on multiple occasions to help them really only have to rely on Doolittle and Hudson and maybe a random third guy out of that bullpen here and there. Because all because they you know they made this rec- recovery from twelve under five hundred with a shaky bullpen they, they made did. a series of moves to bring guys in you know who some of whom pitched well for Spurs and then didn't and you know now they're they basically have six guys that they can rely on and he has massaged that through because the offense has done its job to give them breathing room at times to not have to use somebody or leave a guy in with a longer leash so that that's that's what Dave Roberts has been best at he's put the guys out there to to be at their best, to do their best, which is not what Dave Roberts did at the end of the Dodgers, as we no. discussed, with Clayton Kershaw and his bullpen. Right. You know, it was almost like Roberts was trying to will a storyline. Right, and, every, and meanwhile, everything has basically been perfect for Martinez. Even he didn't have a choice, but Michael Taylor's got to play because Robles gets hurt, and Taylor plays a couple of good games. Yep. Robles comes right back in. They don't rush him back in, and he gets a home run, in Game Three, in his first game back after missing five, they use Kendrick correctly. They use Eaton correctly. It just—it this is this is the way. You know, it sounds cheesy, but this is the the role that teams get on that doesn't end until they win the whole thing. When well, everything they do works and right now that's the world the Nats are living in.
1: And listen, it's gonna be a fascinating storyline when the season comes to an end. But I mean Strasburg in all likelihood's gonna opt out of his deal. Uh, right? who's got four years and a hundred million dollars left. Because if Patrick Corbett got six at a buck forty, I mean Pat Steven Strasburg, a year older is going to be able to get more guaranteed money than what he has left on that initial seven-year contract that he signed.
2: And you've got Cole resetting things at the very top that you can work down from as well.
1: No doubt. And then you've got Rendon, who's an impending free agent, who's an MVP candidate in the National League. I don't think he's going to get it. I think it's going to go Bellinger's way with the Dodgers. But clearly, you can make an argument of Rendon for what he did in the regular season. And he might be a guy that decides to leave via free agency. So I mean, this could see. I mean, it. I'm not saying it definitely is, but is the you know the Nats get creative in the deals that they hand out. But you know, this might be the final run for this yeah. group. I mean, you know, Strasburg could. There's no. There's no definitive case that he can leave. He could leave, as could Anthony Rendon leave via free agency in the offseason.
2: Rendon to me is a is a blank check guy. He, oh, I agree. with you. I love he's, him. He is too good to let leave and I I can't get outbid by somebody else if he just wants to you know Garrett Cole the assumption is he would like to play in California right, right. the
1: Angels are the hook exactly
2: so I mean if, if he just is if he's intent on being an Angel the Astros can do whatever they want but they if they just can't win that battle that it is what it is if there is a team or a, a, a you know a, a geographical region that Anthony Rendon wants to be in then that sucks for the Nats. But if it's just – if he's Money,
1: you got to bring him back.
2: He has to come back. And he is just, too good at that position to let walk and away. And
1: the other thing is, you know, you look at Strasburg, who has kind of redefined himself from this, you know, 97, 98, 99, I'm yep. bringing heat to this off speed. He's going to spot his fastball. He's not going to throw a lot of strikes because you look at any Strasburg start, what he is is he's around the strike zone, but he forces you to chase where he's throwing his, you know, his change-up and his breaking pitch more often than not, uh, he's redefined himself as a starter, and he is a big-game pitcher. I mean, there is no doubt about it. And you look at it, they are going to be difficult as long as they can remain that edge, uh, have that edge, as long as that starting rotation is able to pitch up to the capability, they're going to have a shot, whether it be the Astros or the Yankees in the world series, the Washington nationals go into world series. Uh,
2: there, there's no doubt. We you know, we'll, the conversation will shift at some point to how long they've been off before we get to Tuesday and and game one, which will be either in Houston or here in New York, because uh, both of those teams over hundred wins. So they've got home field, no matter what in the world series um, and that, and that layoff will be a concern, but you know, Strasburg, and Scherzer pitching games one and two, I think is a quick way to get away from that rust and get right back in rhythm because those two guys are locked in right now. Um, and the Astros and Yankees will have some issues dealing with the two of them. And then kind of like thing, the way things are shaping up right now in the ALCS, it gets a little dicey after that because yep. Corbin can be a little erratic, but like the Astros leaning on Verlander and and Cole... The Nats with, with Strasburg and Scherzer are not that far off from those two guys.
1: No, they're not. And then you get to the Harper saga um, <laughs> where, you know, obviously uh, for him, I would have to imagine uh, that he's not having a very good time of it here in October. If I was Bryce Harper, I'd be on some island somewhere not watching baseball. Um, uh, to To leave a franchise that you defined after getting drafted – you know, coming out of, what was it, junior college, right, where he's playing, where he's catching, everything like that, and, you know, to have the – be on the cover of Sports Illustrated, to be kind of the Nat, to leave via free agency and sign that 13-year deal with the Philadelphia Phillies and to see the Nats get to the fall classic without you um, as the Phillies miss the playoffs, fire their manager, and your former teammates are now celebrating down in D.C. last night after a sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals. That is tough. I don't care how much money you have in the bank account, and he's got a ton of it, uh, and he can count all of his money and count, you know, look at his uh, look at his checking uh, checking account, savings account, you know, whatever it might be, and, and have a big fat smile on his face. He was going to get paid no matter where he went, um, and the Nationals offered him a you know a three hundred million dollar deal. A lot of that money they were going to pay to him when he was seventy five years old, right? But they offered him he was going to get three hundred million dollars in value in theory. Uh, in theory, uh, this is a tough go of it. I mean, it has got to be eaten away at your inner core watching Washington. Not saying he's room for them to fail, but seeing them have that success without him and having that hang on you, I mean, that is a difficult pill for any competitive athlete. Yeah,
2: and, you know, from from an outside perspective, they're not better players because he's gone. I mean, he didn't make Scherzer and Strasburg pitch like this, him leaving – didn't make Howie Kendrick come up clutch. Change uh, the, the dynamic of the team. I think that that's where this is about. That's the only thing that you can, the only connection you can draw is that they were a completely unhappy, lifeless, snippy team. I mean, if he's fighting Jonathan Pappelbond, and whoever's fault that particular thing was well, in the dugout, it's not a good guy, right? Either. But like that, that's what the Nats were when he was around, and then this year, especially after they bring in. Gerardo Parra and this baby shark phenomenon, which is fantastic. Like then, you know, then they they've been basically the happiest bunch of guys in the world, and that has to factor in at some point to the way they're playing on the field. And it just it's a different it's a different vibe, a different feel, and that to me is where. You bring up his name; is that the atmosphere seems to be different with him not around anymore?
1: Well, right, you're right. I mean, they look like they enjoy themselves. First of all, the other thing is they're easily they're easy to root for. I mean, you're not looking at a guy in in right field that looks like he's unhappy to be, able to be playing baseball. Right, I mean, it looks he, like he's he got suck a,
2: that much as like just to be around. Uh, that they were that kind of relief, but but then again, he's gone, and they start in 1931, and they don't hesitate to tell you Para coming in is what really no, kickstarted right. their kind of you know the the happy go lucky part of this whole for thing
1: for sure and and listen but i also think through the first 50 games they're finding themselves I yeah. mean, you know, I, I also think not, –
2: not, not doing it well,
1: though. No, they weren't, but you also – and, and listen, Parra changed a lot. I'm not no dynamic, but is all that happening if Bryce Harper is a part of this team? I don't know if it necessarily is. I mean, I really don't. I don't know if Baby Shark and having all that and hanging the, you know, the little, uh, you know, doohickeys on, on the fence in front of the dugout, you know, the little sharks. I, I don't know if all that is happening if Bryce Harper is a part of this team. Listen, he's a world-class talent. He's an unbelievable baseball player. He's not coming off a great year with the Philadelphia Phillies. He's an unbelievable baseball player. Personality-wise, though, I think he can wear on guys. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I think when when you take that kind of a personality off a team that instead of, like, kind of going to the ballpark and being happy-go-lucky is looking at it as a grind day in and day out, uh, you know, it could suck the life out of you. I, I really do think – I mean, how many times did you hear when they were changing managers – you know, Dusty Baker was to try; was supposed to step in there, kind of, and he did. I mean, you, you know, you got to make baseball fun again. I'm not trying to get political here, but for the Washington Nationals, that's what the case is. We've got to change the dynamic in that clubhouse. How many times did you read stories when Harper was a part of that team? You walked into that Nats clubhouse from guys that covered the baseball beat on a day and day out basis, and guys didn't look like they were happy to be playing baseball that night. That all changed. Whether it be para a combination of finally you know coming about you know Soto, Robles, Rendon, uh, you know Strasburg, Scherzer dealing with the injuries, bringing in a Patrick Corbin, Dave Martinez, you know there's a lot of different factors. I don't think it's just one singular individual, but I do think getting Harper's personality, regardless of the talent level, and you need guys to be able to step up and replace his production, and they did. When you're getting 17 home runs from Howie Kendrick and 324 (laughs) at-bats, you know, that's pretty good. And and I know it's 2019 Major League Baseball, but um, I think his personality off this team changed the dynamic of the team for the better to where now you can easily root for the Nats. And now maybe he's ruining the Phillies. Yeah, maybe. You're right. That's a good possibility. <laughs> how about if you, not only if you're Bryce Harper, who today is his birthday, happy birthday, Bryce, by the way. Uh, the other thing is, how about if you're the Philadelphia Phillies? You're like, oh, my God, what would we sign up for? Yeah, that's got rid of them, and they're winning, and they're in the full classic. We signed up for them. We got 12 more years. Only 12. 12 more years of Bryce Harper. What's going on, Bogus? What do you got this morning?
2: Moves from nineteen and thirty-one in May to trailing in the eighth inning of the wildcard game to trailing in the eighth inning of game five of the NLDS at Dodger Stadium. Now to the World Series.
1: Here's the kick now. The pitch. Fastball is hit in the air to left center field. Robles calling for it. He's under and waiting. And he makes the catch! He makes the catch! Bang! Zoom down! Championship winning Curly W is in the box.
2: Charlie Slew's oh, on great. Nationals Radio, Washington completing its. That suite. crowd is great. Uh, there was there was and they the correct uh, towel color. I don't know if you noticed that they went with red last night, which oh, I, is one of I, their I, colors, and not owned by a NFL franchise anywhere, I did not as pick up on know.
1: that. I did not pick up on that. But oh. yes, I guess so. Yes. Washington <laughs> completing
2: its sweep of St. Louis 7-4 in DC last night. All those runs came in the first inning off Dakota Hudson and Adam Wainwright. Nats closer Daniel Hudson got Matt Carpenter to leave the bases loaded in the A then worked a 1-2-3 ninth. His team is the fourth in baseball history to reach the World Series after being 12 games under 500. During the regular season, the ALCS has at least two games left. The Astros taking a two-one lead at Yankee Stadium, four-one over the Bombers yesterday. As expected, the Yanks couldn't score off Garrett Cole, but Brett Gardner's offense did have its chances. Any time things
0: aren't going your way, um, you get a little frustrated. I mean, we did a good job of getting some guys on base on them early in the game, making them throw a good bit of pitches, and. Um, You know, like you said, he was on the ropes a couple times and he was able to get out of it. So, um, you know, that's what the best pitchers do.
2: Yankees had the bases loaded in the first inning. D.D. Gregorius hit a fly ball to the right field fence with two on in the fifth. In total, they stranded nine runners against Cole who walked five, allowed four hits, but no runs scored over seven innings. The Houston offense, solo homers from Jose Altuve and Josh Reddick, and then two runs on one hit in the seventh inning. Now the waiting game continues with game four. Today's forecast to New York Calls for heavy rain through the window the game would be played in. It certainly seems unlikely they will play, but no official announcement yet from MLB. To the NFL and the Jaguars, granting Jalen Ramsey's wish yesterday, dealing him to the Rams for first-round picks in each of the next two Aprils. But now L.A. needs to reach a long-term deal with Ramsey. He immediately replaces corner Marcus Peters, whom the Rams dealt to the Ravens earlier yesterday for linebacker Kenny Young and a reported fifth rounder in the spring. And the Titans are expected to start Ryan Tannehill instead of Marcus Mariota at QB Sunday against the Chargers. On ice last night, the Leafs handled the Wild 4-2. Defenseman Morgan Riley assisting on all of those Toronto goals. Nashville won in Vegas 5-2 and the Flyers lost in Calgary 3-1. And U.S. men's soccer took a 2-0 loss from Canada last night in the CONCACAF Nations League. It's the first loss to the Canadians
1: since 1985, Moose. Now I know why Bilotti's in a bad mood this morning. 855-212-4CBS. He was watching on the United States men's soccer team last night. Terrible performance against Canada. And to his he credit, in.
2: he never liked them hiring Greg Berholter as their new head coach. That's he true. He seems to be trending to be right there. I he told you to that
1: also? Yeah. <laughs> it's Taz and the Moose Bogus is in the house. In for Taz, who's off here on this Wednesday morning. Look we'll at the Astros. A huge Game 3 victory yesterday afternoon in the Bronx. We'll do that next. It's Taz Moose on a Wednesday morning. Happy Hump Day, everybody. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. This is Major League Baseball legend Mo Vaughn. And you're listening to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Certainly are. time right now to Ask the Pros, where you, the listener, get to ask us a question. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbsportsradio.com slash Ask the Pros. Submit your question. Be listening later on the show. We might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. So the Washington Nationals await. Who will come out of the American League? That is obviously uh, yet to be determined um, as the Astros hold a 2-1 series lead over the Yankees following their 4-1 victory over the Bombers yesterday afternoon in the Bronx. And, you know, the Yankees had so many opportunities over the course of that game, um, and the Strohs were just better, a little bit more efficient. I mean, both teams did. The Astros left 10 on base. The Yankees left nine on base. Garrett Cole. Wasn't quintessential Garrett Cole until basically, the uh, I would say, the Cole train got going the last two and a third innings of work where he retired the last seven Yankees that he faced. But he walked five, which his high-water mark for walks in the regular season was three. He walked five yesterday afternoon. The Yankees had guys on in the first five innings. I think they had bases loaded once. And they had two men on on three other occasions over the first five innings. I think Cole retired the Yankees one, two, three. Only on one occasion, they just could not come through with the big hit bogish at all. Uh, Altuve with the home run, Reddick then with the big blast into the second deck uh, out in right field for the Yankee. Uh, you know at, at at Yankee Stadium to make it a two nothing lead early. Then the Yankees get a little sloppy with Sanchez' defense behind home plate, bases loaded scenario, pass ball, Altuve scores from third, get a sacrifice fly. All of a sudden, blink of an eye is four nothing before the Gleyber Torres home run um, off of Joe Smith makes it a four one final. Um, you're gonna look back on it if the Yankees lose this series, and clearly the Astros, I would say. I I know 2-1 is not a commanding lead, but I'd feel good if I'm a Houston fan right now. At the very least, you know, depending on how they adjust this pitching, I mean, you're going to see Cole and Verlander again in this series. Right. Um, And, you know, if you're the Yankees, you needed to be one of those two guys to get yourself to the World Series. Now, the issue you have is Verlander, I thought, was beatable in game two. Yep. And I thought Cole was beatable yesterday afternoon for Garrett Cole. Yep. Uh, one is in, and that's the thing that's gonna haunt Aaron Boone and the, and Brian Cashman and this Yankee organization and those players is that they had those guys where all they needed was a key hit here or there, and they would have come away with a victory. And unfortunately, they couldn't go. And it's a credit to those guys making pitchers pitches when they needed to. But I don't know if next go-around it's going to be where you're not going to get quintessential Verlander or quintessential Cole. It's hard to believe Garrett Cole is going to be that erratic and that wild outside the strike zone for a second consecutive start. No, yeah.
2: no I, I, this has set up really, really well for the Yankees. And the fact that they've only won one of these three games is disappointing. And, and especially the way it has specifically gone to take game one, to punch him in the face, to win easily a big day for Torres you know you you wanted to pounce on Grankey a lot of yankee fans liked getting him in game 1 and it, and they were right because they took advantage of him not being great and they won rather easily they get to game 2 and that game was 2-2 for what four and a half innings basically yep. and you, i mean you don't know the yankees score one then maybe the astros answer you don't know how it plays would would play out if anything else changes throughout that game but you know it's 2-2 for a long time and 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 nothing happens the tenth inning ends with Sanchez, you know, striking out, not really, but then striking out, not really, and left on base, and then boom, the home run from Springer and, and the game is over. And then yesterday, um, there was there was a one hit away from that being, you know, a 2-2 game or a 2-1 game or a 3-2 game in the Yankees' favor, and then everything is completely different. But that one hit never came, although I I turned my TV on as good Dd is stepping in the box, and boy, did that looked like another stupid 250 foot home run to Yankee Stadium right field. And then to watch Reddick just nestle up against the wall and make that catch. Well, there's watching no doubt with Yankee fans and watching them deflate it was a high. point. Well, I know, right I game. know.
1: You're coming from coming from the Met fan that you are. Um, a terrible Met fan. I'm so petty. Well, whatever. It, it, well. It- and that's a home run in the regular season. They clearly have changed the baseball here. In well, they haven't, Moose. Yes, that's I just have. your belief. Stop. Stop that stop is just your belief. Boone was asked the question last night, and he gave you kind of the roundabout yes, without saying yes, because he's not going to do that to Rob Manfred, uh, the Major League Baseball Commissioner. But the ball is not traveling, and I get the weather. I understand that, but that is all the off the bat that is a home run in June, July, August, September. And I know Didi was hurt. A lot of this year but but that's a home run um the, the entire year at Yankee Stadium and last night that one died about uh five feet before going over the fence uh they've adjusted the ball now both teams got to play with it and that's fine and you're right I mean that was uh off the bat I think you would have signed on the dot line that that was a home run and it wasn't and Cole did his job I mean that that is what made, that's what you want to see you know Bobby Ojeda talking about him when he used to work over at S and Y and having conversations. And Ojeda's as good of a guy as you'll ever meet. Um, I used to talk to him about pitching while watching the Met games and stuff. And I'd ask him, you know, you know, what? How do you define a great starter? And he says, a great. He goes, Listen, everyone's, you know, when you make it to the major leagues, you're talking about the best of the best, right? So, I mean, everyone's had obviously success, high school, college, what have you, down in the minor leagues. What defines a great starter is knowing when you're off, knowing that you can't throw your slider or your curve for a strike, and still finding a way to work your way through a lineup uh, with what is working, and the art form to be in a pitcher. And you saw that. It's one thing to rear back, and we all get caught up in velocity. Oh, Aldous Chapman's throwing 101 miles an hour, 102. This guy's throwing you know, straight gas. You're looking at velocity. What you saw from Garrett Cole last night was a pitcher. And he could certainly throw the ball 99-100. You saw that in the seventh inning. But Bogus, it kind of defines the point. He did not have his A-plus stuff. He knew he didn't have his A-plus stuff and was able to work his way through that lineup. Fearful of God of Glaber Torres because every time Torres stepped up to the plate, he was basically pitching around him. Yeah. Uh, he he wanted no part of Glaber Torres. But he was able to find a way to work through that lineup and make the necessary pitch for the big out when he needed to get it. And that's what great starting pitchers do.
2: And then I thought, too, Moose, he maybe had his A-minus game for the last, like, two innings or so. And he got quick innings to extend himself. Correct. To get through seven and limit the outs that the bullpen had to get in a close game. Because we know that's where their one issue may be pitching staff-wise is in their bullpen. And the fact that he went seven, despite having to meander through the first five innings was huge to get you know to just to jump everybody else and yep. then only need to go to Smith and Osuna at the end and get the job done.
1: No, you're right about that. And that is a great point. And as Smoltz was saying on the broadcast last night, he was emptying the tank in the right. seventh inning. You know, when you uh when they showed you that chart, and I understand we get all stacked crazy, but when he's averaging ninety four miles an hour, one to three and then from inning three to five, it's at 97 and change. And then his last two innings, he's well above 97 and a half miles an hour, and he's tipping 100. Um, you know, in that last inning, that is Garrett Cole emptying the tank. He's unbelievable. And it worked. It worked. And they have a 2 1 series lead. We'll see if the rain does hold up tonight. Nobody at that ballpark last night amongst the two teams thinks that there's going to be baseball tonight in the ALCS. Everyone thinks the rain is going to come and that game's going to get rained out. We'll find out if that is indeed the case, but we'll have it covered right here. Taz of the Moose, CBS Sports Radio.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?